This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today, I am pleased to announce that we do have our full-time Liverpool correspondent and Grand National correspondent, both home and away, it's James Pearce. Hi, Jay. Hello, Ian. How are you feeling, Jay? You were a little bit under the weather, weren't you, over the weekend for some reason? I can't think why. It's been a, yeah, it was a long few days, but um, yeah, good night's kip on, on Sunday night and I'm back and raring to go for the week ahead. Excellent. And also with us is the most easterly member of the sports desk. It's Connor Dunn. Hi, Connor. Hello, Ian. It feels like only Saturday that we were sat here doing a podcast. That's because it was only Saturday that we were sat here doing a podcast. Indeed. And very good it was too. James, you didn't listen to it. And uh, that's why it was so good. Anyway, James, me and you were at Anfield today to listen to and speak to Jurgen Klopp and Virgil van Dijk ahead of tomorrow's Champions League quarterfinal first leg against Porto. First things first, Jurgen Klopp seems quite upbeat, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, it's almost like Liverpool are banging contention <laughs> yeah, for the, funny that, isn't the it? Yeah. two biggest prizes <laughs> he could possibly get his hands on. Um, yeah, he was in fine spirits, as you can imagine. Um, talked about how he, he said he, he senses in training that his players are on fire at the moment. Um, you know, it's been a been a brilliant few weeks for the club you think on you know on the, when you think it went into that last European game against Bayern away with all the talk about you know, Liverpool's form hadn't been that great and you know he was he was angered wasn't he that but on that before that game on about talk about you know do you need to prioritize one or the other um you know would you, would you be better off going out of the Champions League because that'll improve the chances of winning the Premier League you know Klopp said at the time you know it's absolutely ridiculous of course we're going to go flat out for both and now what is it three weeks on you know that arguably the best performance of certainly best European performance under Klopp to beat Bayern and then those three hard-fought Premier League wins since um, and it's Before just, you go any further Bayern Munich beat Borussia Dortmund 5 yeah, at well the that, weekend so yeah, what, yeah. What, what does Which that kind tell of, us? Well, it kind of makes a mockery doesn't it the idea that you know, in some quarters after that Liverpool win at the Allianz there was oh Bayern are a fading force you know most teams would have turned them over then um, you know because they weren't in great form domestically then and then yeah you're right now they're they're back in control of the Bundesliga title race, just absolutely thrashed their nearest rivals. Um, so yeah, no no one's done to them at the Allianz this this season what Liverpool did to them, which I think it shows the level this Klopp team are operating at. Um, and uh, yeah, you could you could sense that um, Klopp just can't wait for these big games to keep on coming. You know, it's 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 what everyone wants, isn't it? What every fan, every player, every staff member, you want every game at this stage of the season to matter. And, you know, it couldn't really matter much more than the position that Liverpool are in at the moment. Connor, does it matter to you? You know full well it matters to me <laughs> so much. <laughs> every single minute of every single 90 is absolutely, I'll go through the every emotion you can possibly imagine because it matters just so much. But as James said, that is just exactly why you support a football team you know you're coming to the end of the season and yeah you don't want to be mid-table of the Premier League you don't want to be out of all the cups you want to be in this you want to be feeling this you want to be living going through it with the team you want to just be bang up for every single game and yeah I love it I mean James has it been interesting because we were at the press conference and there certainly was nowhere near as many people as, the, as was there for the head of the Bayern first leg which okay it's understandable Jurgen Klopp Germany the whole link and everything but it all seems so very low-key. And I know that <laughs> yeah. there's so much interest in the Premier League title race and everyone's getting excited about that. But Liverpool are here playing against a Porto team that, as much as Klopp says you know, to the contrary, this is perhaps the team that most people would have wanted to face, especially as they're a team who Liverpool beat 
quite convincingly in the uh, last season. And I know we'll come come on a bit about why Klopp actually thinks it's a bad idea that they're playing them. But it's a quarterfinal of a Champions League. And Liverpool in a situation where now this is an opportunity to further build the momentum if they're going to help in the league. I mean, there's no suggestion now at all of anybody prioritising anything because they've got this far in the Champions League. They just may as well just go for it. Yeah, well, it's... What we all hope will be 10 games, isn't it? That's all it is. You know, five guaranteed in the Premier League, which will determine their fate. And then, you know, we hope there'll be another five in Europe. So, yeah, there's no there's no prioritising. You know, it was interesting. It didn't even come up in conversation, did it? No. At Anfield today, because I don't think anyone with half a brain would, would, would be asking the manager that at this stage of the season, because, you know, Liverpool just have to go flat out on, on both fronts. I mean, the you know, the, the, with the Premier League, there is that nightmare scenario. You could end up with 97 points and not win the league. I don't think it will come to that because, I, you know, I think if Liverpool take care of their own business, I still believe City will drop points. But Liverpool aren't masters of their own destiny in, in the Premier League. They are in Europe, you know, and um, that's that's why, you know, you just you just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know, you know, with the, you know, with luck and rubber the green and injuries and, and opposition players pulling something unbelievable out of the, the top draw. You, you just... You don't know what's going to happen. The Champions League could provide, you know, the 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 kind of the silver lining to the season after the heartache of coming so close in the Premier League. Hopefully, it will. It will Liverpool will get both. Um, but it is it's amazing how how quickly things have changed because I think you know, I remember going to Porto. Um, what was it last February? Mm. I think it was Valentine's night, wasn't it? When Liverpool won five 0 there, and Liverpool hadn't even competed in the knockout stages of the Champions League for nine years. So just just being back at that level was, you know, it had been so long, you know, and, and obviously during that Benitez reign, you you kind of almost took for granted that Liverpool would get there year after year. Then you suddenly had that painful, almost decade long spell of when nights like this came around, you you were inevitably sat at home watching on TV. You know, banging around waiting for the Thursday night Europa League football to come along, and and now we're in a position where you know only what is it, fourteen months after that win over Porto over there, that Liverpool you know have been to one Champions League final, have now got a fantastic opportunity to to get to the semis. I mean, you're right, it has been a low key build up just because there has been such a focus on the Premier League, but um, oh, Anfield will still be absolutely rocking come come Tuesday night because you know. Barcelona or Man United in the semis. It doesn't get much better than that. And also, it means basically you don't want Liverpool to be kind of losing a game or, or losing ground because it could affect the Premier League title hopes. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say, actually. Just, you know, it might be the silver lining that, you know, is the silver lining of not winning the Premier League. We obviously hope that doesn't happen. But not only that, if Liverpool do go on, it might provide the platform to go on and win the Premier League. You know, you take on Porto, you play really well, you have a great night at Anfield, the crowd are well up for Exodus Europe and they're loving life. Go into Sunday's game against Chelsea at Anfield and again, the crowd will be more than bang up for that naturally. But if you've come off the back of an amazing result, Porto, then you're going to go into that Chelsea game with even more confidence and you include the scalp of Tottenham in that and Bayern Munich and everything else and you're absolutely rocking. And I think the Champions League gives that to Liverpool. I think it is the competition that Liverpool loves so much and this, when they're playing in it, they just naturally play better because, you know, it, it gives them that sense of belief that they can go and take any side on in Europe so they can go and take on any side at home. Is this the one worry then about this game, James, is that everybody expects Liverpool to win and not just win, but probably win quite easily and that if anything other than that, that could have a detrimental effect. So while this is obviously the draw that they would have wanted... There's then the other flip side is that yeah. if they don't tr- if they don't deal with the game in the way that everybody expects, it could be seen as a negative even if they get through. Yeah, I think and it was interesting hearing Klopp talk about that today because he said he said the memories of last season 
playing against Porto, he said are much more valuable for Porto than they are for Liverpool because, you know, he, he um, you know, in terms of motivation for them, they'll be they'll be desperate to make amends because, you know, I remember the build up to that tie last season. All the talk was about, you know, I think Porto hadn't lost at home in you know in a long, long time. Top of the Portuguese league, you know, they they went into that game fancying their chances, and then to suffer what was their heaviest ever home European defeat was was massively embarrassing. Um, so you know, Klopp knows that they will be, they'll be fired up. And um, I was speaking to Pep Linders this week. We've got an interview going going out this evening with him. And you know, obviously, he worked at Porto for seven years. And he he kind of he actually said that as far as he's concerned, Porto would have been the only team in the quarterfinal draw that actually would have wanted Liverpool because he said, you know, that their mentality is that, you know, when you're hurt like that, you want to go and make amends. And he said, you know, they would they would have actually relished this opportunity to to, to face Liverpool again and show that they are better than last season. So, so yeah, that Liverpool, it's, it's, it's a dangerous one for Liverpool because you're right, you know, I think, you know, they, if they go and win 2-3-0 tomorrow night, I think most people will go, do you know what, kind of expected that. And anything less than that would would feel like, you know, a little bit underwhelming. Um, although we need to remember, you know, what happened in the last round shows that, you know, I, I don't think Homer away makes a, a huge amount of difference to this Liverpool team because, um, you, you know, if, 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 if they have to go and win the tie, um, like they did, at, you know, they, there's no reason why they can't go to Estadio de Drago and do what they did at the Allianz without dangerous. We know this Klopp team is on the counter-attack. One thing in Liverpool's favour, uh, Connor, is the fact that Porto haven't really played anybody in the Champions League this season. Uh, certainly, of note, well, Rome. You could say Roma, but Roma have what, had a very poor. In Syria, aren't they? They've had a very poor season, as, as Connor's just said in Syria, and they got rid of the uh, the manager. Claudio Ranieri is in charge mm. there now, isn't he? Yeah, and and they needed a, a goal towards the end of extra time in the in the in the home legs to get through. And I think they played locomotive Moscow and a few They got, other, they got more uh, points than any other team in the group stage. Well I think because they were playing sixteen they, they, out they of eighteen. Weren't playing, they got... I, mean, Porto into, I think it's the last three or four years they've had some fairly easy draws to get to a certain you know later stage where you could say argue that last season they got found out by Liverpool. But do Liverpool know what they're going to expect, Connor? Because we don't really know how good Porto are because you could turn around and say well they drew the second leg at Anfield nil-nil and I know there wasn't really much going on it but after the game remember they were basically saying this is more like what we're supposed to be like yeah maybe a little bit but then you know clubs have their scouts clubs do their homework clubs do their tactics they'll be looking at them in the league they'll have looked at them I think to a lot of extent they'll know exactly what's coming obviously maybe not at the high level that Liverpool are playing at this season you don't know how they're going to perform against the biggest of tests and the biggest of clubs because they obviously don't get that test in the Portuguese league do they so that might be a little bit of an issue but I think just slightly going back to um, like it being a bit of like a poor result if Liverpool don't go and mm. blow Porto away there is sort of that element but James touched upon it as well he Liverpool do have the ability to go away from home like we saw against Bayern and still go and hammer teams which is great and then you've also got the fact that the Premier League feels so so important this season if it is a 1-0 tomorrow night against Porto if maybe the result even doesn't go quite the way everyone's hoping it to you've always got the fact that we are banging the Premier League title challenge and again I think people's attentions will turn so quickly off of the Champions League until the next game against Porto comes round so I don't think it's going to be the be all and end all if Liverpool don't go and absolutely smash Porto tomorrow night I think it was actually meant more across the two legs to be honest you know right, if, yeah. if Liverpool don't say Liverpool get through on penalties would that be seen as an, could that be in any way construed as a negative personally speaking I don't think no of course because they've got three yeah, it's like yeah, but there will it. be some people who will say it's because it's oh, Porto well yeah. you know oh, maybe the pressure's getting to them etc etc no but 
no, I don't, I don't, I don't see it like that. I think just, just, just get the job done. You know, that's that's what this Liverpool team have been doing for the last three or four weeks. It hasn't, you know, it hasn't been particularly convincing or fluent. But you know, you look at, you know, what is it? The, the three wins since the game at the Allianz, they Fulham, Tottenham, and Southampton. You know, all all three times. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they were. You could pick holes in all three of those performances. They made poor mistakes they created problems for themselves but on each occasion they, they showed these powers of recovery in terms of bouncing back and, and finding a way to win and um, yeah, I, I don't think for a minute it will be as straightforward against Porto as it was last season but you know I, th- I think you still look at it and I know you know you're not going to catch Klopp or the players saying it publicly but it's still a really good draw for Liverpool in the Champions League this. You, you know, seem to be playing them than Barcelona. Yeah, 100%. You? I think there was two big things you didn't want. Personally, I didn't want in the mm, draw. Which Juventus. Is, yeah, Barcelona yeah. Or, or Juventus because of the quality that they've got. And then I think you didn't want the intensity of a Premier League rival of facing City or United mm. or even Tottenham, really. I think I I was glad that Liverpool avoided avoided them uh, not just because we get a nice trip to Portugal out of it have you, you've been to the, Corso I've been to Porto uh, as well I've been to yeah, Porto did, twice it did not stop raining last time really I yeah, yeah. of course torrential yeah, rain yeah. there was even that. some rumours on the day that the game was going to get uh, called off but um, now Porto's lovely yeah yeah, yeah. I lovely, didn't, didn't lovely, get to see much of it lovely little was, front where they was very, all the very bridges wet. Yeah. but yeah I think you know you, you, you probably wanted either them or Ajax and Liverpool got Porto and you're talking about the chance to get to a Champions League semi-final, so um, you know, of course, they're not going to be not going to be mugs, and, and I think I think it will be trickier than it was last season, but still, fully expect Liverpool to be too strong for them over the two games. Now, one player who won't be playing is Joe Gomez, and another who probably won't be playing is Adam Lallana, and that came out in the press conference today. Jurgen Klopp said that Joe Gomez still needs one or two weeks, basically, before he. He's considered for a game, probably even on the substitutes bench, to be honest. And part of that is because, well, Lovren's fit again, but also the form of Joel Matip, who I thought in the first half struggled a lot against Southampton, against Shane Long, but in the second half I thought he had a very good game. And that's kind of been the way. You look at Bayern away, he had a good game there. Um, Fulham away, did well. What was the other game recently? Tottenham. Tottenham, he was okay yeah, then yeah. as well. So he's he's kind of done... He's done the job on him and, you know, it's Virgil van Dijk, isn't it? Basically, makes everybody better. But that's part of the reason why Joe Gomez isn't being rushed back. And there's still every chance he might not play again this season. Not because he's not fit, but because Liverpool don't need him. Yeah, I think that was the th- Klopp said that, didn't he? That, you know, he said if, if the situation was different, we might have to think about rushing Joe back before he was 100%. But he said, you know, after so long out that there is no point taking any any risks with him. I think if he had been 100% fit, then I think he might have come into the conversation in terms of playing left back. Um, really? With the just he would have been an option, wouldn't he? I still think I still think Klopp would have gone for gone for James Milner. Um, Not Moreno. <laughs> no, no. I, I, do you know what? I think when when Robertson picked up that booking, you know, in the last minute or so over at the Allianz, which it was a stupid challenge, wasn't it? You could see how much he was kicking himself straight away for what he'd done. Um, and Second you, yellow. You kind of you, you kind of knew that. You know, if if Moreno was going to play in this game, then. Klopp was clearly going to involve him in the games in between. Yeah. I don't think... I just... You know, the fact that he hasn't even come close to playing... He hasn't uh, even been on the bench for most yeah, of them. He, yeah, he was just, on the bench at the weekend, though, wasn't he? On Friday, sorry. Yeah, he was, yeah. But I just I just think that, you know, not even giving him 10, 15 minutes here or there, I'd, I'd be absolutely amazed if, if Moreno got the nod, I think. And the fact that 
Milner actually came on. I know he needed to be played on the right rather than the left, but he played fullback, didn't he, on at Southampton on Friday night and and did brilliantly and added real impetus to to Liverpool to go on and and win that game. So um, yeah, I'm sure we'll see Milner there in, in place of, of Robertson on this occasion. Um, and yeah, you know, Gomez can just focus on, on on getting more training sessions under his belt. Long time out, isn't it? You know, it was early December when he broke his leg. Um, you know, I know Adam Lallana missed training today so you know look doesn't look like he'll be involved um and what i think Klopp said there was a few other knocks weren't there there was there was actually three three back knocks wasn't yeah. it to to Van, Wan Aldum, to Joel Matip and Van Dijk yeah. when he got bumped onto the floor but, but all, all three have trained yeah. so um you know I, I don't think we'll i don't think there's any real concerns over any of them we'll do the team a bit later on Connor but we will ask you the question that i've just asked James which is who comes in at left back is it Milner or is it Moreno it absolutely has to be James Milner, doesn't it, to be honest. I think the fact that he can play extremely well on either left back or right back just means he's like his versatility, his work rate, just has everything going from in this position. And yeah, obviously he came in on Friday against Southampton and he just gave Liverpool a really nice outlet down the right. I actually thought he performed better than Trent did that night, to be honest. I thought Trent struggled a little bit. And I just thought when, as we said it in the previous podcast, it just looked like the adults were coming on when Henderson and Milner came onto the pitch and yeah, I just think that speaks volumes for how well respected Milner is and what he can do for Liverpool in, in so many different positions. And yeah, as, as James said, Moreno not even having a look in for, in any way, shape or form, there's just no way he's going to play. Are we a little bit worried about Trent in the sense that he has obviously been carrying a knock, Connor, and he didn't have his greatest game against Southampton. In fact, you know, Jurgen Klopp admitted that and that's why he got substituted. But with Milner having to presumably play left-back, there is no real alternative again, is there? It, but, or is there no suggestion that he would ever be moved out of the team? Not at this late stage of the season, because obviously we're now come to the, the crucial games where you don't really want to be swapping players out. Yeah, I don't think there's any question that he's going to be taken out of the team. I know, like, obviously, players can have their off games. And, you know, he, again, we've mentioned this so many times, but he's still so, so young. Mm. And he's obviously going to have dips and peaks in form. And he's, you know, to think what he's achieved already at, what, 20 years old is just absolutely crazy and then now to be in a Liverpool against Champions League final last year semi-final with England now back in the quarterfinals with Liverpool in the Champions League challenging the Premier League title is you know he's, he's inevitably going to have a couple of games where he's not absolutely peak and, and firing in all form but you know he's had a couple of assists recently he's, you know he's playing really well and he made an absolutely phenomenal tackle was it against Tottenham when he, was, when he came back yeah, 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 yeah. sliding down to, yeah he's, he's, he's obviously playing really well and I think that just may be an anomaly against Southampton and didn't actually affect Liverpool too much so. I think he's got this issue hasn't he that they're trying to like an ongoing thing that Klopp said the other day, didn't he? About you know, be having treatment and mm. you know, his, his just, back had been just a, a matter of getting him through to the end of the season, isn't it? Yeah, so I think you know, I, I know, I know he wasn't brilliant at Southampton, but he's still you know, the quality of the cross yeah. for yeah. the for the for for Cater's goal. Um, you know, it wasn't as if he didn't make a, a contribution on the night. Um, so I think I think Klopp's just slightly wary there at the moment of overburdening him because, um, you know. The, Obviously, if you, with with Gomez not being a hundred percent, you know, I think wouldn't be surprised if we see Gomez playing right back actually before the end of the season at times. Maybe not starting games, but certainly, you know, during games, maybe maybe coming off the bench there and you know in, in the last couple of weeks of the campaign because um, Trent has played an, an awful lot of football. Um, but you know, I think I think I think he'll Klopp will still put his trust in him for Tuesday night. One thing that got slightly overlooked after the game on Friday was Jurgen Klopp when he was talking about uh, Mohamed Salah's goal and saying what a great part in it that Roberto Firmino had played and he kind of suggested that Firmino almost didn't play because of an ankle injury. Now he did his ankle against Manchester United and that's what ruled him out for one game and he didn't start the one after that. 
Is this just what happens at this stage of the season? There are a lot of players who will be carrying knocks just trying to get through. We've just mentioned Trent then. There's bound to be two or three others you know, that aren't fully fit, but it's the same for every team, isn't it now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't think anyone would be 100% at this stage of the season. I think Van Dijk touched upon it today when he, he kind of said about, you know, you, you get tired quicker at this stage of the season, but it helps when you've still got so much still to play for because you're just desperate to be out there. And, you know, that's where the... I won't say what exactly what Klopp described them, but mentality monsters, wasn't it? I think, yeah, uh, yeah. There was there was an F word um, in there somewhere. You yeah. know, and that and that kind of that feeds into it, doesn't it? You know, the the fact that especially the front three, when you think you know the bumps that they take and some of the treatment they get, you know, they they miss so little football. You know, that that is such a, a massive, as well as the quality they provide, just how kind of robust and durable they are is is absolutely massive to Liverpool's pursuit of these of these two big trophies and uh, yeah it was clever from Firmino because I know, you know I, I'm sure some people were probably screaming at Salah to to to, um, to provide you. the pass no, 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 I, just, <laughs> I just wanted him to just, just score and uh, we'll ask questions later but um, but no I think you know Klopp said it himself today I think um, you know the fact that Ryan Bertrand didn't put a challenge in you know it, doesn't particularly look great for the defender when Salah then goes and slots it in the corner like he did. But, but do you reckon that was the, the weakness was... that he, he spotted, by the way? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <it's> <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, that was, you know, part if of I that sit was on my just how... In... He's never going to score. <laughs> that, that, was, that was how intelligent Firmino was because I think he knew that by making that run, you know, the, the defender couldn't, couldn't commit himself to, you know, and, and in a similar way to, you know, Van Dijk got his decision-making absolutely spot on against, against Tottenham when he, he gambled... Denied the denied the space for the pass, and and Suzuko lost his head and missed the chance. You know, I'm sure Bertrand's been having a couple of sleepless nights about the fact that you know he because you know I don't think they would even I think Salah definitely did the you know I know it's easy to say afterwards when he scored he did the mm. right thing, but you know there's no guarantee. I think Klopp said himself didn't he that if he if he had provided the pass, I think Firmino would have been on his left and um, could could have been you know the angle would have been a bit trickier, um, but just the fact he made that run created the space and the uncertainty in the defender's mind and Salah took full advantage and I know I know Klopp has repeatedly said hasn't he that you know the, the lack of goals hasn't played on Salah's mind and that it's 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 talk outside the club it's not an issue inside but Van Dijk blamed us the, yeah yeah I mean that to be honest, not, not us as in the not, echo not but just or, you not just me yeah, us um, three uh, just yeah, the, the, media the media said yeah. in general didn't he but now, you only had to look at just what that goal meant to Salah the other night to to appreciate. You know, it's, it's, it's just absolutely massive for him because I know there's all this stuff about how he was still making a contribution. He's a goal scorer. They 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 feed off 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 the buzz of scoring goals. And I know Klopp said, "Oh, it felt like he'd scored the winner against Tottenham," but you know, it didn't really because you know, where he, it felt it. The, um, I think that was the that was the difference. Yeah, you know, that that was huge for him on on Friday night. You know, to finally finally get that get that 50th Premier League goal for the club you know after well, you know not far off two months was it without without scoring um you know and I, I I fully expect him to you know to kick on now I think I think that'll give Liverpool a, a new dimension and you, know, you couldn't have really picked three better goal scorers could you in that Southampton game going into this one you know the fact that you know Salah ended that drought for Cater you know I hope we see him in midfield again um you know huge shot to his confidence levels and then you know as Klopp spoke so eloquently about after the game, you know, the the enduring importance of Jordan Henderson and, you know, a nice reminder from him about what he can do when he when he's played a bit further forward than usual. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I mean, Colin, there's never been any suggestion that Mohamed Salah's been anything other than upbeat during, you know, around the, around the training ground. Virgil van Dijk said that this said that today. I mean, not sure whether you saw the clip on social media last week of doing the crossbar challenge with Lovren, Lovren, was it Lovren, Wijnaldum, yeah, Oxlade-Chamberlain yeah. and, and Salah and Salah and lost. One, no, he didn't, yeah. no. So he just saved it for the game. <laughs> um, but James is right, isn't it? This... Bear in mind that he's obviously played against Porto last season. It was that away game where he scored that cracking goal where he, you know, basically walked the ball into the net. He'll be loving this now, won't he? he, he the minute that final whistle went against Southampton, he'd just be desperate for this game to come around. Yeah, without a doubt. I think James absolutely hit the nail on the head when you you just expect that now for Salah to just go and push on for the rest of this season and absolutely go and load the goal scoring form because, you know, he absolutely feels away. Him taking his shirt off, him giving it the beans to the crowd, like he, he loved it, didn't he? You know, and that's exactly what you want to see in exactly the, it's perfect perfect timing bear, bear in mind that it was what six months ago when he was scoring a goal people were getting annoyed at the fact that or worrying because he didn't celebrate it you know, <laughs> you know, remember that yeah, yeah. it's like quite clearly he was just winding everybody up wasn't yeah. he quite clearly it just means so much doesn't it you can tell with every single goal um, but I just think as well just particularly with him not scoring and we talked about Klopp a little bit there saying that Salah had you know contributed in other ways and I think for Firmino he's obviously not scored against Southampton but in and around the both ends of the pitch in the boxes. His clearances are incredible. He did really well in corners when Southampton put them in. You know, he did that for Salah. He didn't, you know, I just thought, you know, this team work really hard for each other and it's really, really good to see. And you, you can again see that, you know, Manny was really happy with Keita on, Keita on the pitch for him. It's his goal. And as Klopp said afterwards, he got loads of hugs in the change room. And I just think it's that spirit and that bond. And that's what obviously has kept Salah's spirits alive as well. Like we know with his little training things, with his jokey laughs around with Lovren and things like that. It's just, yeah, it's great. I mean, I know it's if you're a team that's winning games, you should have a very good team spirit. But Virgil van Dijk did say that this is a team that works very hard together, but they're all prepared to go that extra yard for each other, which that isn't the case with every single team. I mean, you look at, there have been some successful teams where they don't get on and then they, they just their pure talent is, is taking them through. But with Liverpool and that, the stakes being so high against a Manchester City team that you know, we know all about them. We've, we've, we've spoken about them all the way through this season. That Liverpool to still be in touch with them and be through to the last eight of the Champions League with a very good chance of getting to the last four. That's the kind of thing that can make a difference, isn't it? Yeah, and it, it was something else that Pep Linders touched on, actually, because when he was... I was speaking to him about the strengths of this Liverpool team and how they found themselves in this position. You know, I think one of his quotes was he said, "You know, Manchester City, you know, might have more quality than us at, at, at times or whatever." But he said, "You know, what what we have to had to ensure was that they would not have a better spirit, a better attitude, uh, and a better application to the way they go about their their business." And you know, he talked about the absence of egos in the dressing room, and I think I think you kind of see that. You know, they. And that really comes to the fore in, in games when you're in trouble and, you know, and you're trying to dig yourselves out of a hole. And, um, you know, the last three games have, have absolutely epitomised that. And, you know, the, the scenes after the, the final whistle, you know, you just saw how happy the players were for, you know, for Henderson, the same with, with Keita, the same with Salah. You know, they're all in it together. There's no little cliques, no divisions, um, you know, and, and I think... That's testament to what Klopp's created at Liverpool because, um, you know, he hasn't just bought good players, but, you know, they put a huge amount of homework into the type of players, the type of, type of people and personalities that they're bringing on board. And, um, you know, it, it hasn't always been like that at Liverpool. You know, I can, I can think back to... You don't to, have to think uh, very far, do you? No, let's you be honest. Think far back <laughs> let's, to, not, let's not mention any names, shall no, we? We'll no, just, we'll but, we just, we'll just, we'll just move on. Everybody, can, everybody knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but that is, that's a key part of it, isn't it? Because... 
um, yeah, you don't always, you know, there was obviously the stories with the United team of the 90s when they mm. don't always have to be all best mates and it's not as if they're all... It was Sheringham and Cole, wasn't it? They the, didn't um, like each other, did Yeah, they? I mean, I, I quite liked it last week, actually, when I think it was a Sky interview and John Mattit was asked whether they were all getting together to watch Man yeah, City yeah. Cardiff. <laughs> and he just had this, like, look on his face, like, what? Like, yeah, all, yeah, all around Virgil's house on a, on a Wednesday night or whatever, but... Um, so you know, it's not. It, but it's the fact of the matter is they're probably you know, all around Moreno's the, house. Uh, if we're being honest, they're, they're, they are very. You know, that that mentality and and togetherness is you know it's not a fluke. You know, a lot of a lot of work has has gone into that. And I think you know the the, the two you know the two probably biggest personalities in the dressing room, Henderson and Milner, um, you know, are, are massively responsible as well for for the fact that they are just so so together. It proves it's a squad game in many ways, Connor, because it's not just the eleven players who start the game. We saw, I've certainly seen in recent games, that it's the substitutions substitutes are making a difference coming on from the bench. Then there's the other players who are then in training, pushing them on, even though they know they're not going to be playing. And then there's bound to be three or four of those players will not be happy at not playing. No player will be happy at not playing, but they'll be particularly unhappy because they've not seen a lot of game time. But it doesn't seem as though, certainly looking at it from the outside and everything that everybody's saying from the inside and the players themselves who, who we're talking about. It doesn't seem to be affecting the morale of the squad. It doesn't seem to be any kind of, as James said, there's no kind of side issues that just gnawing away. Everyone just knows what the target is, believes that they can get there and everybody's just working towards that. Yeah, it certainly seems that way. And I think when you look across the players' social media, and I know they obviously all have to kind of put out this, you know, happy facade, but, you know, it generally does seem like a happy place to be. And Melwood seems like it is all smiles, like they say on Instagram all the time. And even, you know, you think of players like Moreno, he's obviously, he's probably leaving this summer, isn't he? And he's, he's hardly played. He's probably not going to play the rest of this season. But, you know, he's still posting Instagram. He's still, you know, goes out with the players. I've seen him with Firmino. I've seen him with, you know, the likes of those people. So, you know, it's just, it's just a difference. And as you say, it's like when you have that friendship, you have that camaraderie, you can have these players that haven't obviously played. So they haven't got like the games that they're coming down from recovering from. They can still keep their intensity high in the training to work the other players so they can go into the matches 100%, which is so great to see. And, I think there was talk when Klopp came in, he, he kind of ruffled up the backroom staff, didn't he? He brought in like a new um, cook and things like that. Nutritionist, and, yeah. Yeah, and they had all pit players eating together. And that's obviously the whole culture around it. And it's just made a total massive difference to how this squad is. Now, before we get onto the team or what we think the team's going to be, James, uh, you drove us back for a little bit from Southampton on Friday night and nearly <laughs> killed us, didn't you? I didn't nearly, you're so dramatic. The, uh, I was looking. I might have rested my eyes yeah, at the wheel a few let, times. Let's, let's, but, um, listen, we travelled down with Neil Jones of uh, of Goal and David Lynch of the Evening Standard. Uh, and on the way back, me and James were there the weren't ones too many drive. volunteers for the driving. Were well, there? to be fair, it was just me and you that could. To be fair, if we're being uh, honest, well, it would have been illegal otherwise. But anyway, <laughs> um, I drove two thirds of the way back and passed over to you after after our Mackey stuff on the M6 toll you road did the services. Ship. You left me with the graveyard. Yeah, that's because I was in work. The, I was in work the following the, uh, morning, so I felt like I'll have a little bit of a kick. I was hoping the conversation would keep me awake, but uh, it actually sent me to sleep. There was but, no conversation. We lived, we lived to tell the tale. We we're just, sti- we're, we're just, still here. And what, what kept what woke you up? Sorry, one of the one of the times where you fell <laughs> I think asleep. It was the, the, the sound of the cat size <laughs> as the uh, as the wheels grinded across them. So um, yeah. every listener, please stay safe on the roads. And if yeah. you're tired, tiredness take, take can breaks. tiredness can kill. Take a break. Yeah, yeah. We'll take more than one break. We're still we're, here. We're still, here. We're still right. fighting. We are. We're going for it on two fronts. 
Love it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right, team then. Uh, we'll finish with Liverpool against Porto. James, what do we think the team's going to be? Alisson, well, we already know that it's going to be Milner at left-back, or we've, we've all said we think it's yeah. going to be Milner at left-back. The, re- the back four the same, the front three are going to be the same. So we're back down to the midfield, the midfield again. Here we are midfield again. Midfield again, here we are again, yeah. I, mean, now, the, the I, only... I'm, I am going to say... Uh, oh, hang on, I'll I'm come back to... Okay, one thing on. about the defence. Yeah. Is there any type of thought that he, you might give no. Joel Matip a breather and play Lovren? No. Maybe in the second leg if they're winning. Okay. I think because uh, Lovren is going to need needed at some point, isn't mm. he? I think, the, in the I next think month, the Man City's fan type partnership has just yeah. formed together so well and yeah. played together so well at the moment. No, and just did, doing a knockout game. I mean, it did all right when it started because that was the first one uh, when Van Dyke came in. That's who his partner was initially until I think Matip got injured, didn't he? Since recall that. Yeah, and well, Matip Lovren, wasn't, wasn't great, was he? And then because I think, yeah, you're right. When Van Dyke first came in, I think Matip was the, the theory back, was it? that because Matip is very quiet, hmm. that he would be the one that would benefit most from. From having Van Dyke alongside him, but it didn't actually work out like that because Lovren, Lovren then outperformed Matip, and and obviously he was the one that that kept his place on the run. So to, you reckon there Kiev, might be, a, you reckon there might be a chance that I just think it's it's a to be honest, I actually wouldn't change it, and okay. I'd still stick with Matip. But I think it is a conversation just in terms of you know Matip's played a lot of football in the last month or so, and oh. if you're going to rest him for one, I, you know I I think this would be the one when on a night where you're going to have a lot of the ball. Um, you know, Lovren, Lovren's no mug. You know, I wouldn't have that that many concerns if if, if Klopp did think the time was right. But well, as but- Connor said, that Mat- Matip Van Dyke axis has has performed very well. And you know, if physically Matip is completely okay, then you probably wouldn't tinker with it. Matip could go on one of his messy esque runs that he now seems to be doing quite a lot. Though uh, no, in the second half he did forget the ball, the second one and just uh, they were on a massive counter attack. So we are saying the front three is the front three. Yeah, of course. Now the midfield. I'll put mine forward first. Now th- that's, I think I, we're all going to say the same thing. To be honest, I think it's time to give one album a bit of a rest. Yep, I, think I agree he wholeheartedly. Shattered. Yeah, and he probably Last would, couple he of probably games, would to be honest, yeah, isn't it? He, he looked more tired yeah. than I was at <laughs> four o'clock on the M6 on the, on the early hours of Saturday uh, morning. And as Milner is playing left back uh, and Lalana is injured and. Shakiri just doesn't play in a 4-3-3 we're basically left with the three yeah. players who are left and that's Fabinho Henderson and Keita would we have any issues with that I'm really excited to see Henderson and Fabinho start a match together with Keita playing just in front of them to be honest well that was the what they did at Wolves wasn't it I think it was I'm sure that's yeah. right well, I hope, Wolves I hope 2-0, it, the Wolves 2-0 game on a Friday night which I'm I forgot was a Friday night just Fabinho holding and Henderson I hope he's you know it was interesting wasn't it him talking about having a meeting with Klopp and, mm. what do you reckon the meeting went like yeah, uh, <laughs> do, play- do you want to play a bit further forward? Yeah, all right. Thanks. Sure, it wasn't the other way around. I would yeah. quite like to play a bit forward. Yeah. They, well, they seem to they seem to agree on it anyway, yeah. and it's not you know not a bad response is it to then, yeah, come straight off the bench. He got he got more assists and goals in six minutes than the previous what was it yeah. eighteen months put together or something a, like that. A, an assist, a goal, and a booking, didn't he? he was yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Just charging yeah. around, wasn't yeah. he? And a great celebration as well. Yeah, nobody celebrates a goal like Henderson. Nobody, no. He fitted in a lot of different celebrations in one. Didn't <laughs> <laughs> the swearing bit, which he normally does. Yeah. There was the, the what else was there? The, the, the big the, stand by yeah. himself. Then the the cup tears as well. Yeah, yeah. The cup tears. Yeah. And he thought, he thought better of it. And then he went, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, no, I liked it. Um, so yeah, did we like Firmino's little mini oh, celebration as well? With assist, I love that. Most amazing thing ever. I am quite pleased with my contribution there. So Roberto. Yeah, I I'd be surprised if that wasn't the lineup. Well, we'll go then. Finally, we'll finish with the predictions. I'm going to go 2-0 to Liverpool. I think it'll be tough. I would Again, I would accept 0-0, though I would be a bit surprised. If think if Porto score, Liverpool probably have to 
go two ahead. Porter haven't scored on their last six visits to England. Really? Mm. Little stat for you. Thanks. It's not stopped Jose Mourinho tipping him to go through though, has it? <laughs> Was that the last time they scored? In that game, the 2 1 at Old Trafford. I think it might, it might, it might well have been. When he ran down the pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, of course, he's going to tip them. It's his former team. He won the Champions well, League with. But yeah. You know. Um, Liverpool 3 0. 3 0? Yeah. Well, I'm going to stick with 2 0. I'm going to stick with 2 0 as well, Ian. Stick with it. Didn't realise you'd said it in the first place. Well. Right, that should do us. Join us later this week where we will look back at Liverpool against Porto and we'll look ahead to Liverpool against Chelsea and that is going to be interesting. Goodbye. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.